My name is Reese Ryan, and you are listening to the VIP Lounge Podcast. Visit ReeseRyanBrand.com for tickets, VIP packages, and more. What is going on, the internet? Let me talk to you. I'm really getting a little bummed about this isolation now. I hope you're all okay. Welcome to another edition of the VIP Lounge with myself, the ego killer, the king of swag, Reese Ryan, here to unbore you for the next hour or so. What have you been doing to get through isolation? I want to know how you've been coping. <laughs> Any new skills you've developed? Uh, I've been watching so much wrestling, it's unreal. But also just, you know, little goals like my cardio has never been better. Uh, I'm, I'm fired up, man. I'm fired up and ready to go, uh, ready for life to resume, uh, I guess. So uh, tweet me at Reese Ryan Brand and tell me what y'all been doing. Uh, once again, thank you all so much for your love and for your feedback on the podcast in, in particular. I enjoyed speaking to Ricky Knight Jr. last week. Uh, and you can also check out episode one with Big Guns Joe too on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and loads more platforms. I'm, uh, I'm sorry about the technical difficulties last week. They're, uh, they're ironed out now, so uh, I can't wait to carry on. Got so much more guests from the new school of British wrestling on the cards, so I'm so ready to chat to you guys with them. If you haven't already, check out reeseryanbrand.com. It's my awesome new website full of original content, news updates, events, uh, not that there are any right now, <laughs> uh, free match footage, uh, and my awesome clothing line. So it's dope hoodies, tees for men, women, and kids on there. My design team worked really hard to bring these to you guys. So not to mention the cuts, but also the material and manufacturing. It's really phenomenal quality. So it's not just merchandise. It's genuine glass streetwear. So check it out, reeseryanbrand.com. Once again, also check out Ecosia, the worldwide search engine that allows you to plant trees while surfing the web. So they use the ad revenue produced from your search to plant trees and preserve the environment. So check them out and download their app today. Oh, and uh, not only that, but also check out the BWR On Demand service. So they've been working so hard over a British wrestling revolution. It's £5 a month and you get an amazing back catalogue. Uh, they really do have amazing content on there. They've got Kip Sabian, Robbie X, Pete Dunne, Joseph Connors, uh, Pac, uh, a real who's who of British independent wrestling. Uh, they also have an essential Reese Ryan catalogue. So boy, that was fun to relive. And uh, they've just got a great catalogue of content. Uh, also of this man, my guest today, he's been named the British Wrestling Young Lion. He's a two-time Hope King of Flight champion. He's a former 4GW Airborne champion. He's a TNT Ultra X champion, former Attack Wrestling Tag Team champion, and former Title Wrestling World Champ at just 17 years old. Yeah, that's right. 17 years old. Man, he's just an amazing professional. He's got so much under his belt and just so, so much more to go. So I'm really excited to see what this guy's going to do in the near future. But here he is to talk to me now, the extremely talented Joe Nelson, also known as Kid Like Us 2. Hey, man. Hello. Well, thank you uh, for coming on to the show, man. It's uh, it's a great it's great to hear from you. How are you uh, adjusting to isolation? Um, not too bad, I guess. Like I've turned nocturnal now. I think. <laughs> uh, what? So like your sleep cycle's proper out of Oh life? man, time isn't a thing anymore. Like <laughs> it's sleeping through the day and playing Call of Duty during the night. Really, that's all it is. But not too bad. Not too bad. Nice. So, like, apart from uh, playing the games, have you been trying to, like, keep up with anything? Are you watching any wrestling or anything like that? Oh, man, like, I've watched more wrestling in these last few weeks than I have, like, when I was wrestling, to be fair. Like, I think yeah. I've managed to, like, become a fan all over again. Like, I was obviously, a, a, like, a massive fan anyway. Uh -huh. But I've watched a lot more different wrestling than I was before. Like, you know, like, I've spoken to so many people that have said the same thing. Like, people are really yeah. starting to, like, come back into love with it. What What is it you've been watching? 
Um, turned into a massive fan of Dragon Gate. Japan. All right. So, like, it was never really something that I watched a lot or really watched full shows of. Um, it was really, really, like, seeing MVs and, like, gifts on Twitter, really. And I thought, oh, it looks cool, but I've never, like, gotten around to watching it. And then um, I've just started watching Dragon Gate, and it's genuinely some of the coolest wrestling I've ever seen in my life. Like, I never really saw Japan as, like, a... For me personally, at least, I never saw myself as, like, fitting into like a Japanese style of wrestling mm-hmm. watching Dragon Gate it's completely changed my opinion on that and like has managed to become a goal so I guess through all this happening like I found a new goal of something that I want to do by watching Dragon Gate you know so like uh, uh, before all this what what kind of wrestling did you did you watch oh just anything and everything really some bad some good you know um always been like a huge fan of like pdg and stuff like that so i'm always following that and then like a lot of new japan stuff really mm-hmm. um along with nxt they were the main ones i guess uh and then just along with like random stuff like that's on youtube like old ring of honor and uh old noah and stuff like that so just a, a big mix really i was never like hooked on just one place i've always been very like um non-repetitive with like the rest that i watch it i guess well it's so important isn't it to like see dif- different sides i uh i've recently started watching uh something that i never thought that i'd enjoy but um the nwa power with uh like nick aldis and things on youtube oh, I bet that's great man yeah, yeah it's amazing i um i've been absolutely obsessed like i just I, I can't get away from it even to the point where i've been listening to like fan podcasts and like all sorts yeah, about it because there's only like 20 episodes uh right. so i think i'm on like 17 now or something like that uh so i'm really dreading when i get to the end of it because obviously uh it won't be back on until the virus is over but I, I get what you mean about like you know just kind of falling back in 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 love with things i've never i've never watched dragon gate so maybe that's something that um that i'll have to look into i put i put a tweet on about it and uh lycos is like the biggest fan of dragon gate and he messaged me like stressing out about all these recommendations that he's trying to give me because there's like so much and they run like so many shows a year mm-hmm. and it's like he was stressing out trying to give me recommendations just to watch <laughs> so obviously uh you've done some pretty incredible things in your own career never mind uh watching other things we can um talk about all of that today but um first of all uh, i'd like to discuss where you're going so as you say about uh uh, Lycos, you obviously were given that mantle. Um, yeah. What what are your plans with that going forward? Are you is it a singles run? Are you going to go into a tag team with CCK? What's what's going to happen? I mean, so obviously, like when it debuted, um, it was me on my own, and then obviously with Brooks being in Japan full time now, uh, the CCK thing was, I guess, more of like a special attraction for while Chris was still in the country. So I think mm-hmm. it's like three tag matches together maybe yeah we had three tag matches together so uh we wrestled in a six man with schadenfreude so it was me chris and Kyle fletcher against mustache mountain and damaloni at fight club pro and then it was me and chris against the hunter brothers and then me and chris against uh the 0121 at attack so like and that was on chris's like goodbye run of shows uh in the uk and it was like the match with the hunters was his last uh match in the uk and stuff like that so how did you guys um how did you guys work together like did you enjoy it did you gel well oh 100 yeah chris is great like it'd be difficult to not gel with someone like chris because Mm -hmm. of how good he is in general you know um but yeah mainly like singles run because chris is in japan you know and how did the, uh, the 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 mantle kind of being handed to you, how did that come about? Oh, so, like, it's been in the works since, I'm going to say, like, last October. I think it would have been around last October that Lycos messaged me with the idea. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a long process of getting there because I didn't really know how it was going to be received. And I, I, I think I was just scared of how different it was, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, we managed to like bring it to fruition in January, actually. 
So it's not really been long that um, the character's been around, but like in wrestling, but planning wise, it's been around since like September, October of last year. It was really a Black Ops messaged me with the idea and we spoke about it and it happened really, but it was a long process of getting there and a lot of waiting because we had to work to the right time, obviously, and like we thought that New Year would be perfect for it and uh, yeah, that's it really. Like it was. So I, I assume that like yeah. you know you guys were were pretty tight because like you know to give his entire entire kind of uh, gimmick and everything to someone else, it must have you know it must have really given that thought about who it would be. Why why do you think it went to you? I have no idea, to be fair, because, like, um, we were, like, friends and stuff, but we're never, like, super close, really. Um, it's only really since being like us that we've, like, uh, spoken a lot more, you know. Um, we travelled, like, a couple times, but nothing, like, major. Um, but honestly, I have no idea, because, like, from what I know, I think I was, like, the first name that they suggested. And then I'm the one doing it, you know, but, like... yeah, yeah. I well, really, must have seen something in you. To be I guess so. Like they always like put me over and stuff like that. So like uh, Chris and Lycos, because um, it's how I got like my attack debut and my fight club pro debut. Like those guys put me over. So I know that they've always liked me. Um, but I honestly have no idea why he chose me because like there's so many other younger wrestlers out there who were just like good at wrestling, you know, and mm-hmm. also could have like uh, filled the shoes, but. I've just always seen myself as lucky, so, like, it's genuinely just one of those things that I was lucky again, you know? So tell me about the actual persona. Like, do you feel like when you've got the mask on, like, you wrestle differently? Yeah, 100%. 100%. In what way? Um, I guess it's a completely different persona because I've got a different mindset. Because when I'm wrestling as Joe Nelson, I know that I know who I am, but where I'm wrestling is Lycos. Still don't really know who Lycos is. So, is I it like, like harder hitting? Is it like a bit more? That I'm a lot more aggressive and I'm a lot more of a dickhead. That's <laughs> that's, that's what I've realised. That's what I've come to realise. Maybe that's yeah. good then, because like you know, yeah, you, you as Joe Nelson, it's all out smiles, uh, peace signs, all like that. Um, so I suppose yeah. that maybe putting the mask on must be quite liberating for you, like a nice sense of freedom. Oh, completely. Like, I think when I'm wrestling with Joe Nelson, I'm like a nice person, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's a big change, but I think it's a change that for me was needed because I was having like a good run as me, but there's only a certain amount of time that a good run can last. So I think that change is very important and it was a drastic change. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I think in the long term, it was a change that was needed. Um, and th- and then kind of like more uh, physically wise, like actually having the mask on, do you find it distracting? Like, because I know some people don't like wrestling under masks. No, not really. Like, I got used to it way quicker than what I thought I would. Like, it was way easier to get tired. Um, but like, I've kind of like, through training and stuff, like I've always had decent cardio, mm-hmm. so I wasn't getting too blown up. Um, but I was lucky enough as well when, like, the gimmick first debuted and for, like, the, I mean, the two months that we actually had wrestling, um, I was pretty busy doing it. So it, it was easy to kind of get used to, you know? Mm-hmm. No, of course. So moving on from that as well, kind of uh, into the future, uh, what are your kind of goals like? Do, uh, do you have like an, an end goal in mind with your career? I mean, like, there's so many like small goals that I'd want to do before getting to any form of end goal, you know? So, like, well, tell me about that then. What, where do you want to be in one year? In one year, like, assuming that obviously, let's say one year after COVID 19, yeah, let's exactly. say, you know, one year <laughs> of active wrestling. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, it's weird because how many, how much has like changed in my career in such a short amount of time, you know, like debuting as Lycos and the shows that I was doing as journalists and the shows I'm doing as Lycos, you know, it's so different. But like, mm-hmm. I always wanted to be considered like one of the best like 
cruiserweight independent wrestlers in the country. And one thing that I was priding myself on, especially last year, was how busy I was. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, I had, like, maybe, I think it was around, it was in the 170s for matches last year. And I'm so yeah. much more, like, from, like, an independent standpoint, not taking in, like, wrestling on the holiday parks and stuff like that. I think I was, like, one of the busiest, really, in the country, which is something that, like, I only realized like a few months ago um so keeping consistent with how busy i am and being able to maintain the quality of matches i'm having in that time has always been i guess one of those goals personally that i want to um kind of establish that i can continue to be as busy and can continue to have the best quality matches that i can without you know like the busyness getting to me uh-huh well you know it, it it is crazy because like you are like you say so busy but then the quality of matches never seem to suffer like you've got you've got like every single match that i see like when when you go out the curtain you, it's funny because you can tell that you're gonna have a good match because everyone comes out of the locker room to watch you know um and like i, I don't even think that the fans quite understand that you could be doing a, a five-star uh, match but then you've just wrestled one down the road like <laughs> an hour ago <laughs> like uh got here with your gear still on and uh and, you know and, and gone straight out there so um that's definitely something to be really proud of and that's obviously why you're now wrestling up and down the country and stuff because obviously that 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 breeds a, a great reputation um but then, like, kind of continuing with the goals, obviously that's one year, just keeping it consistent, keeping the really good match quality. Where do you see yourself, let's say, five years? So you've done that. You've done you've done all the, the really awesome matches, all that stuff. Where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, man, like, if I can be in, like... Um, it's, it's weird, man, because I honestly don't know, to be honest. And that sounds ridiculous, because, like, everyone kind of gets into wrestling to like achieve something mm-hmm. but like at this point i really don't know too much like i have aspirations of doing tours of japan and hopefully i guess long term being signed to some form of promotion in a foreign country whether that being like what chris is doing with ddt whether that be in somewhere like uh new japan or whether it be in somewhere in america like an AEW or something like that you know so I think mm-hmm. that I think to like solidify a full career's work by signing like a contract that will help me with life, money wise and stuff like that, you know. I think that's really the main end goal. But it's still something that I couldn't like confirm right now, if that makes sense. No, of course. It's and still, like go on. A lot ago, you know what I mean? For me, I think at least. Did you ever think that you'd get to the stage that you're at now? Oh, God, no. Absolutely, <laughs> Absolutely not. Like, that's the funny thing. It's always kind of... Stuff's just happened to me. Completely out of the blue. So, like... Everything that's been major in my career so far has been pretty last minute, really. So, like... When I debuted at Lucha Forever, mm-hmm. when I was like... 15 years old. That was all on the day. So on the I, day? Yeah, all on the day. So it was the last ever Lucha Forever show in uh, the Frog and Bucket. And um, I got a message asking if I could be ring crew that night. Um, and I was like, yeah, no worries. And then I turned up and Ligero was like, oh, I've got your gear. I was like, yeah. And then I ended up getting on that show and getting a ridiculous amount of like online traction. And people were like, oh, this kid's sick. But at the same time, I was 15. It was ridiculous. Um, That's crazy. I'd probably think that I was dreadful because how much I've changed since then. But either way, like, that was a major point and that kind of got my name out there a lot because uh, that's as well when I realized how having, like, a good social media following is important, especially in, like, the era of wrestling that we're in right now. Mm Mm-hmm. And that, so that changed a lot for me. And then it's always just been continuous things of, like, again, just good luck happening to me. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'd like to think that I've worked hard to get into the place that I have by, like, 
turning up to shows and helping out and all the networking that I've done. But I feel like that's kind of just expected nowadays. So I don't really like, I credit myself for how much work I did. But I think that everyone should really be doing that anyway. So I don't deserve a lot of credit for it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then like other factors like debuting for Attack. Um, I turned up to help one day and got on the show. And then when I debuted at Fight Club Pro, I was booked the night before at like 11 o'clock at night um, because the spot came open. So it's, al- it's always been stuff like that that's just happened to me, you know? But, in but, it, ha- but it hasn't just happened though, has it? Because you've put yourself in the position for that, for when that opportunity I guess, comes. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a strange one because I still don't, really know how I'm in the places that I'm in you know like (laughs) people can like put me over and stuff and that's really nice and I really appreciate it but for me personally I know that I've got a lot of work to do um so being in the places that I am I'm feel very like humbled to be in so when you say about your debut uh being kind of uh you were a ring crew and then you got kind of appointed to this 15 years old and you say it was in the frog and bucket is that why you've named your finish after that venue yeah it's just a funny thing that i thought of one day because i had no names for moves and i was like yeah this is this will do because like a lot of fans would hear that and recognize it you know yeah because i think that that venue is very symbolic with pretty much everything major that i've done in wrestling so like i debuted at lucha forever there and that changed pretty much everything for me like us two debuted there i've had some of my favorite matches there and i think i always go back to like that venue being like my home of wrestling i guess it's so awesome when um i get to speak to uh to guys who have done and like really cool things like like yourself and like you know you're so humble despite the fact that you've done more than like a lot of indie guys you know and and, you, and obviously you've got a very bright future um when you say about how you feel you've still got a hell of a lot to go uh kind of training wise like tell me about your training what you've had what you've learned um, and then kind of what you feel like you still need to pro- progress in, you know, because we all have things okay. that we need to learn. Yeah, 100%. So, like, training-wise, I've been training for, like, eight years. It's around eight years this month, maybe even this week. It was April 2012 when I started. And how old were you? Uh, 11. 10, 11, something like that. Uh, which is ridiculous in itself. But um, Either way, like, I've been in wrestling for eight years, training. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm still training now. That's the thing. Like, I've always thought that if, like, you stop learning, then something's kind of going wrong. Because wrestling is so subjective. Um, and not even the fact that wrestling's so subjective. I just think that in an industry like this, learning kind of just doesn't end. Whether that being how wrestling works, or whether that being learning a new move, or a new escape from a submission, or something like that. Like, there's so many different factors in wrestling that you don't ever stop learning whether it being like the psychological standpoint in wrestling or the physical part of wrestling you know it's always changing too as well isn't it wrestling? exactly like... there you go exactly so like that's why i feel like i've got a long way to go you know um but it's not just that factor it's like getting a better shirt with the gym and stuff like that and like improving cardio and improving like a physical appearance on top of improving my knowledge of wrestling and how I physically wrestle and how I work to how I think I should wrestle and stuff like that, you know? So I think that um, it's really a factor of I have a long way to go in every aspect, you know? When you say about, like, starting so young, I can really relate to that. So, like, when I kind of first started training, obviously, like, when people say they, they started, like, literally – it was like, you know, a, a really small town, little thing with like, mm. um, they barely had a ring. Uh, and it was like, I, I came in there at, like, I think I was 13. Right. And my, my, uh, my mom had to like sign a, uh, a like, like waiver. And I was just like, mom, sign it. It's fine. Uh, and it was like, <laughs> you know, like professional wrestling. Um, I think the first line of it was like professional wrestling can result in uh, extreme physical injury and or death. 
And I was just like, sign it, mom, come on. I want to be like John Cena. Um, And like, literally she did. And um, I was so intimidated being so young because it was all like kind of older guys. And like, I I had not done anything athletic before. Um, So was that a same kind of story for you? Were you quite intimidated being so young? At the start, yeah, very. Because I've always been the youngest guy anywhere I've been, you know. Um, Uh Uh-huh. There was, like, a decent amount of other kids there who were, like, around my age as well, or, like, older, but obviously just still kids. So it wasn't the worst. But then when, like, um, I started to progress more and, like, go to shows and stuff like that, it's always been, oh, Joe's the kid here. You know, so, like, it was something that was pretty scary, but then it was something that I kind of got used to. Mm-hmm. Started to, like, own as well, like, it was your brand. Yeah, there you go, yeah, like, despite even, like, growing up now and being at shows where people are actually younger than me now, it's still, oh, Joe's here, the kid, you know, but <laughs> it's got to the point where I really don't mind. Well, like, now, it's, like, you know, looking at your your work, um, whenever I'm in the ring, I very much like to keep my feet on the floor, whereas you're the complete opposite. Uh, you do absolute crazy, crazy things. Have you always been quite athletic or was that something that you just learned with wrestling? I think so. Like, I think, I don't think wrestling came natural, but I think like the athletic side of it did. Like I was never scared to do anything really. Um, there is some stuff like real simple stuff that for some reason I just can't do. But like, well, like stuff like really easy stuff, like a springboard. I always fall. I'm really not good at it. Uh, <laughs> it's dreadful. But, like, I think that the factor of, like, being scared has never really been there for me. Which sounds That's insane. Um, but, yeah, it's just one of those things. I think that different stuff in wrestling comes natural to other people. Like, yeah. I know that, like, the technical side didn't come natural for me. And I had to learn that. But I know that, I guess, like, the high-flying side and doing dumb stuff that kind of came more natural so i wasn't really too scared you know well that's an incredible gift because like i just um you know i i, I meet myself and I, I think a lot of other people as well just don't feel comfortable in the air i feel like human beings are made to be on land and just feed on the ground to just stay like that a hundred percent but at the same time human beings aren't really made to do wrestling you know like that's so true <laughs> The back bump is the biggest killer of all wrestlers, in my opinion. You know, so, like... Well, they say it's like a small car crash, don't they? Well, there you go, but it's just, like, having the guts to even do that at any age, really, is ridiculous and pretty dumb, you know? Because, like, that's that's another thing where, like, you've got to get over the fears and stuff, and that's another thing where I think other things come natural to other people, especially in wrestling. Do you think that as you're getting older, I say older, you still obviously were like, we're both really young, but you, you know, um, like as you get older, do you think that like you kind of, even though you say you're not scared, do you think you'll, you get slightly more scared about things like a little bit more? Cause like, as you get older, there's more to lose. Like, do you, do you get a bit more wary about what you do? I think so. But I think at the same time, like it's, I think I'm at a point in my career where I do need to work harder to get more attention. So I think that doing the crazy spots and the dives are kind of a thing that I've associated myself with, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I think that in my opinion, and in my mind, when people see that I'm on a card, I think that they assume, oh yeah, that'll be the crazy match or something like that. Uh-huh. That's because that's like a... That's what I've that's the category that I put myself in, if that makes sense, you know? So, like, it's always been like that for me. Like, and you're going to, is it the kind of thing that you want to, like, in the long run, you plan on doing that now so that you obviously get the attention, you get to a good kind of platform, and is that when you maybe start to, like, pull it back a little bit as you got older and kind of... I think so, but I think it's just more adapting to a style, you know? Like, I think that... Um, I mean, Will Ospreay is a great example. You know, like, he... And I'm not comparing myself to him in any way whatsoever, because he's the best in the world, and I'm not. Um, 
But like, you see, like the crazy stuff that he was doing mm-hmm. to get the attention, and it was great and it worked. And now he's one of the best in the world, and that slowed down a lot. Now he's in like he's in contention in like the heavyweight category in New Japan, uh-huh. which is the polar opposite of what he was like five years ago. You know? Yeah. Uh, and even with that, he's still probably one of the best high flyers in the world. So I it's great. Uh, like current wrestling, you you kind of to get the attraction, you kind of need to be a bit of a uh, like particularly in the in the style of the industry that you want to go into, you kind of got to be a bit of a uh, like a, a, a gift creator, I guess. Yeah, hundred percent. But that as well comes with the factor of just adapting, because people don't want to see the same thing all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you've got to adapt your character, you've got to adapt your in ring work, and I think that for me, like everything's adapting. Even even now, even from what I was doing a year ago to now, it's changed in my opinion. Um. So yeah, I think it is definitely like something that will change over time. When you say about you know you, you constantly adapting, is there any uh, opponents in the UK that you haven't faced yet that you'd like to? Oh, um, I gotta think because like this is always the question that I forget who who I haven't wrestled, you know, <laughs> like, um. I'm going to say in like a singles match, I'd really like to wrestle Tyler Burt. Because um, we had a six-man tag at Fight Club a couple of months ago. What was that like? Oh, really enjoyed it. Um, and Yeah, I think he was one of like the easiest guys to wrestle ever. Did you like, learn like a lot from that match? Can you tell me like... Oh, 100%. Yeah. So like I, w- I was in there with like... It was me, Chris and Kyle against Mustache Martin and Maloney. So, like, I'm in there with guys who are considered, like, the best in the country. And then there's just little of me on the side. <laughs> um, and that was an incredible learning experience for me. Like, not just how, like, they wrestle, but how their mind for wrestling works and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I think that that was a huge learning experience for me. And being able to, because I'd wrestled Dan before and I'd wrestled Trent before. Uh, to be able to wrestle Tyler for me was real cool and um, I think he's just one of the best so I think that's def- he's definitely someone that I'd like to uh, have like a singles match with at some point Do you have any uh, like kind of fun stories uh, from your time in wrestling like when, when you think of kind of prominent stories to tell uh, from kind of oh, being uh, on the road and things Yeah um, I don't know I'm on the spot now huh? It's cool, you've got time to think, I'll just cut it. (laughs) Oh, sick, yeah, that's fine. Um, I'll be here a while. I don't know, like, pretty much any time I travel with Big Guns Joe is, like, the funniest day ever. He's one of my best friends and just absolutely insane. But they're not, like, stories of things happening. It's just dumb stuff that he'll do. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I really don't know. What's oh, it like? Here's a good on. one, actually. Uh, this was um, on the camps maybe two, three years ago. And it was maybe the strangest night of my life. So we um, messed up like the traveling schedule one day and didn't book accommodation for one night. So we thought we'd be able to do the show and travel back to wherever we were going. Uh, I think we were in Cornwall at the time. And we were going somewhere else for a different show the day after. And we thought that we were going to just do it. But um, we couldn't. We were really tired. And there was this like this family there. Or there were like this couple who came to every show. Because we were wrestling at that specific holiday park like every week. And um, they were maybe like 50 or something. Real nice. Uh, real chill. And it just got brought up that we had nowhere to stay. We were going to just have to like injure the travel that night. Which was like maybe like four hours or whatever and we really didn't want to do it but um it got brought up in conversation and they were like oh i mean like you can stay with us if you want and we were like all right yeah sure wherever because at this point we're like maybe four weeks into the camp into summer um <laughs> so we're like yeah sure wherever and um we do the show we get packed down we we go back to theirs and at this point we hadn't seen them since the show and we get back and they are both 
off their tits. Like, absolutely out of it. Must have been drinking all night or whatever. And, um... So we get back. And they keep us up until, like, five in the morning. Just chatting. And it, and it gets to the point where this guy showed his, um... We were just sat there. The conversation ended. So we were just sat there. And this dude just, like, brings up his trouser leg. And he's got, like, a... It's like a leprechaun tattoo. Or it was, like, the Irish clover gimmick or whatever it is. I don't know what it was. Either uh-huh. way, he was like, oh, do you know what this is? And we're like, oh, it's something Irish, right? And he goes, oh, yeah. I was in the IRA. And we're like... <gasps> what? He was like, oh, yeah, I was in the IRA. And then he proceeded to tell us about how um, he used to, like, stab people in the IRA and shit. And th- it took a complete turn. Like, it was it was a weird night, but it was a not somewhat fine, acceptable night. And we just had to listen to them talk shit for hours. Oh, my gosh. And then it takes this, this complete turn, and he's like, oh, yeah, I was in the IRA. And he proceeds to tell us about how... One time he had to decide that to allow his brother to die by turning off his life support while he was, like, fighting with somebody. And then would go on to tell us about how this one time he, like, stabbed some dude in the eye. And we were like, sorry, what? All of this for a bed. <laughs> oh, it, no, it wasn't a bed. There was a team of six and we were on the floor because it was, it was at a holiday park. So they had, like, a caravan. And then it was like, you know, all those pop-out gimmicks that you get off the caravans. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. It's like it's like inside, but um, it's just you know, it's not like it wasn't a bed. We were on the. It's floor just a roof at this the, point. Yeah, but it was just it was, it was a roof with a wall made out of cloth. <laughs> and um, I've never been more scared in my entire life. I thought I was going to die. I <laughs> thought I was going to die. Well, my next question was going to be about the cans, but you kind of just answered it with Oh, well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, (laughs) horrible. And, like, she was pissed as well. And we had uh, had two Italian wrestlers with us. We had Matt's Peach and Akira. And Akira, both two of my really good friends, and Akira's, like, killing it in all Japan at the minute. I'm super proud of him. Um, But at this point, his English wasn't very good. But he kind of understands what's happening at this point. And... um, the dude's wife is also completely out of it. And he's trying to come on to Akira all night. <laughs> all night. And there's maybe like a 30-year difference, right? And he's not having it. It's hilarious. And at one point, she's saying whatever to him. And he just goes, I'm going to sleep in the van now, okay? And just leaves and goes out into the van. And I've never felt so bad for the lad. So I think it was maybe his first time in England as well. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. You're one of the best Italian wrestlers. And I feel so bad for you. Um, but yeah, honestly, man, that was, that's yeah. I thought man, I was that is crazy. <laughs> when I like you know, because I I feel, I feel like anyone that does the uh, does like a run on the camps or anything has always got stories. And like oh, you yeah. know, I, I I did some when I was younger, and like the the you know like uh, I was the youngest one, so like I'd have all the pranks on me. Like I was so kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. naive at the time and I remember I spent like two hours uh, looking for a canvas iron like a canvas iron and they are uh, <laughs> and uh, there was all sorts of left-handed hammer uh, you know um, spirit level bubbles oh yeah, uh, yeah. you know all, all that shtick um, and then you know everyone would just get kind of really drunk and um, and stuff but th- but that that uh blows it completely out of the water <laughs> i never oh, had it was horrible <laughs> like i was genuinely contemplating like i might die today because i'm scared now because <laughs> well um just brought up in a normal conversation yeah like <laughs> jesus christ well it was um, kind of moving on from the uh the mass murderers uh <laughs> i um yep. I want to talk a little bit about um, your relationship with Kip Sabian and how that came around. Yeah, sick. Um, so he started training at the Hope School in Batley, which is close to me, because uh, they rented out um, the, the building, uh, and we did training there. And like we kind of knew each other, 
um, mainly from the Lucha Forever show I did. Um, we didn't know each other well at all, really. Um, I remember, like, tweeting on the day, like, oh, looking forward to going to the Hope's first training session when Chip came into that. Uh, and he messaged me and was like, oh, looking forward to having you there, man. I was like, sick, cheers. And then um, we really bonded through training because he was a head trainer and I think still, like, one of the best trainers I've had. Um, and then we realized that we live, like, five minutes away from each other, like a five-minute drive. Um, literally in the next town. It's the town I went to college in. So, like, super close. Um, and I was, like, 15, 16, so I wasn't really on shows. Um, and we'd just travel every weekend. We'd go to some good shows, we'd go to bad shows. And it was really just a thing of um, traveling together literally every weekend, pretty much every weekend. Um, and we just bonded through that, really. That's ace. He's a really um, beautiful, beautiful man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, ridiculous. Like, I feel like God just gave him all the looks and then <laughs> divided everyone else in the world, uh, you know, whatever was left. Um but but that's that's awesome. Like you, when you build connections like that on the road, um, it must have been like you know having kind of people like that to vouch for you, as well as obviously like um, kind of the in ring work as well. Because like I know in 2018 you had like an amazing year in particular. Like you did some great matches with some really great names like uh, Jody Flash, Shel Leguero, David Starr, Robbie X, things like that, just to name yeah. a few. Uh, and what did that mean to you that that year in particular? Was that kind of your first year really starting to get the ball rolling? Uh, so like summer 2018 was when things kind of started. So I think people were like waiting for me to turn 16 so I could be on their shows. Uh huh. So like I remember having like a list of goals of places that I wanted to be um, by like a year's time after I turned 16, and that was IPW Southside and Hope. And from turning 16, I did those three in a month and a week. That's crazy. Yeah, like, I debuted at IPW Tuesday Night Graps, debuted at Southside, and then when I debuted at Hope, I won the belt, the Kings of Flight title against Legera. So, like, that was when I was like, oh, my God, something's kind of happening now, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that... Um, I got a lot of traction going on from there, you know, um, and it was really just like a crazy time because it was such a turn of going to shows that I wasn't booked on every weekend with Kip to going to shows every weekend that I was booked on with Kip, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. And like so young as well, like 16, still at school. Yeah, what, it, um... it's crazy, man. Like as well, like. The people I was wrestling didn't have to wrestle me and didn't have to put me over. Like, the concept of, like, these incredible guys like Laguerra and stuff like that willing to, like, put me over at 16 years of age is absolutely ridiculous. But they were doing it, and that's something that I credit to, like, every person that worked with me. when Even now, like, when I am still young, but people that were working with me when I was super young, you know, like I wrestled Jody Flash when I was 15 and he put me over and that is still one of like the coolest things that happened to me. It's, um, it, you know, like I don't feel like that would have happened though if, if you hadn't have held yourself the way that you do, like even at 15 years old, like you just, just a, 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 a really embodiment of a professional, I suppose. Like, like you say, always going to the shows every weekend. Uh, like I just feel like when you think of the ring crew, you just always think of Joe Nelson. It's just like, you're always, you know. Like, <laughs> I guess, like, um, to be fair, I'm not wrong. Like, I was, yeah, I guess so. So, like, you know, the, you, you should give yourself a little bit more credit, I suppose. Like, you know, you have earned that. Um, but, like, kind of, what advice would you give? So I, I ask this all the time, whoever I have on, because uh, if someone's listening that's in a position where you were a year ago or so, um, and you know, like they're they're just starting to like maybe that maybe they're working with one or two people, but they really want to start going out there. Uh, people obviously say the same thing. It's like you know, uh, get to the shows. Uh, you know, kind of just uh, yeah. listen to your trainer. All that re- really obviously awesome advice. Do you have anything you you'd add to that? Anything else that you'd say? I mean, 
really just echoing that, to be honest, because it's turning up to shows is the biggest factor, in my opinion, because it can help build relationships with promoters. It can help build relationships with wrestlers as well. Like, I remember um, we went to, like, a, a good wrestling show, uh, maybe, like, a month ago, really. Uh, we got there early, and there's Chris Book coming out. And someone asked him the same question. And um, Big Guns Joe is an example. Joe is, in my opinion, one of the hardest working guys in British wrestling at the minute. He's at every show. He's driving everywhere. He's doing everything right. And uh, Chris said, really what we just said then, about turning up to shows and stuff, because he said that he'd never seen Big Guns Joe wrestle, but he'd put him over to promoters over another 10 guys who he's never seen at shows before, and he's never even seen him wrestle. Because he saw his work ethic. He saw he was at every Schadenfreude show. He was at every attack show, Fight Pro. You name it, Joe was really there helping out and trying to get on. So, like, that goes to show how it genuinely does help and does work. Because now Joe is on, was on an attack show and was on the Schadenfreude shows. So it really just goes to show that that's how it's done now, I guess. Having and the right work ethic and the right attitude towards promoters and the boys and the crew and everybody, really. Because it's a respect thing, isn't it, I suppose, like oh, yeah. if you're around the industry and things. Because like, wrestling is so built on respect. Like I try and explain it to like um, people that I'm around with that they're kind of that aren't in wrestling like you know like uh uh my my family or my friends or whatever and they just don't seem to understand because they just think oh it's just you know it's fake blah, blah 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 but they they don't understand when you go around and you shake everybody's hand you you know you're just you you make sure that you kind of talk to everybody uh, and it really is like a, a really nice vibe because you're trusting them uh and it's i think it's something that's quite unique to wrestling that kind of thing yeah definitely and i think as well it's like how you are as a person. I think genuinely just being a nice person helps. If you're a good person to be around, then people are going to want to be around you and people are going to put you over. You know, so like, Joe is one of my best friends um, and he's just doing everything right in my opinion. And that's why Chris said like, I'd put him over to anyone before I've even seen him wrestle because he was he's at every show. So I think that it is really just echoed of having the right attitude, turning up the shows, um, and just having a good time, you know. Going on from that as well, like obviously people get to the point where they uh they build these connections, they get put over, they get onto the shows, and then eventually they get signed uh like with a with some sort of company uh with this huge turnover of kind of like uh of indie wrestlers particularly in the uk kind of signing with these big companies do you worry about the british wrestling scene filling those gaps or do you think we've got quite a deep talent pool i don't worry at all to be fair because i think that there's always time and always a place for development and it might take time for people to fill the gaps fully of the guys that are getting signed and now being able to make a living whether it's in NXT UK or abroad which is great but um, I don't worry at all like everything's going to take time at some point and it, if it has to take time for people to develop enough to be able to fill those gaps then that's fine it just means we're going to have a stronger scene in years to come you know because I think people are filling gaps right now but at the same time, people are waiting to fill those gaps and uh -huh. are getting better every single week. I suppose that that's a, uh, a silver lining with, uh, with obviously all the terrible things that's happening with this virus and everything. I guess it's maybe a, a positive that people, uh, they're all, like when you have this time just to yourself, like, like you say, with you kind of falling in love with wrestling again. Uh, you know, I think you can really evaluate your priorities and where, where you want to go. And I think that the scene's going to benefit from that in the long run. Everyone's going to just be working so hard when this returns, do you think? Yeah, 100%. As well, like, even without, like, what's happening now, it's just a case of there are people there to fill it up. 
just sometimes maybe it's not time yet. You know. No, I don't think anyone's going to be able to fill Pete Dunne's gap immediately. But I think that within time, there's someone that can fill the gap that's been left in Britrest, you know? Uh-huh. Because that's just how it works, you know? And I guess if people don't move up, then there's never going to be any gaps to fill, so... Exactly, yeah, exactly. Moving on, then, so the last thing, uh, Joe, this has gone really quick, so it's, you know, you're really easy to talk to, thank you again. Uh, I'm just going to go through and uh, say the name of an independent wrestler or wrestling company, uh, I'd love uh, to know your thoughts and feelings on them uh, or, uh, you know, any stories with them, etc. cetera, uh, any force on their kind of work, et cetera. All right. So the first one is uh, Robbie X. Oh, man, he's great. Like, Rob's one of my favorite opponents. And I think that he's ridiculously underrated and should be in way more places than what he is. Like, I know he's super busy with um, working for, like, RevPro and NGW uh and stuff like that but um i think that he should be way more appreciated in different areas and different promotions because in my opinion he's incredible at everything he does i think he's for for what he like that kind of style i think he's the best like one of the best in in the in the country oh absolutely like he was always a big compliment that i used to receive when i was younger was um people reminded me of how Robbie X used to be because we have a somewhat similar story like he was real young we were kind of doing the same thing we kind of wrestled like the same at the time you know um and that was whenever like people would say it to me and that at the time and even still now is a big compliment because I think Rob's incredible Nathan Cruz oh yeah Cruz is great like I started training with Cruzy like, maybe, was it last year? Maybe even the year before. Yeah, let's say it was last year. Um, and we got on real well. And he's great. We've wrestled only once in a tag match at Wrestleverse. Um, and it was great. And I'd really be able to, like, I'd love to be able to have a, a singles with him. Because I think he's great. I think, like, out of a lot of people on the scene, uh, particularly for me, uh, his matches are so great to just study. Like, um, I've kind of, you know, crossed paths a few times. I did a few sessions with him, but never, nothing's really ever sticked. But, yeah. like, um, but like his matches, like, uh, I, just, I just think that they're such, um, like, just really well thought out and everything. Like, he's just got oh. such a good persona. Yeah, de- definitely. I think that he's... He's just good at wrestling, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Those things, man. He's just really good at wrestling. And we've got um, a tag team, the 0121. Oh, I love those lads. Two of the funniest people I know. Um, Doris is always someone that I really enjoy wrestling with because of how much we've trained together. And I think it's always, like, very fulfilling when we end up wrestling each other at a place like an attack. Because was it NGW that you trained together? Yeah, NGW and Hope as well with Kip. Um, maybe even Grapple with Ligero as well. Pretty sure we've trained together in like all those places. And it's real. It's nice to be able to have that, like I guess, like full circle moment of going from training together regularly to being able to wrestle wrestle each other at a place like an attack, where that's a big deal for us. You know, so I think that's great. And then Dan is one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. Um, he's always been real supportive of me and put me over. And uh, someone who I really enjoy wrestling with. And someone, actually, that I really want to have a singles match with. Because we've wrestled, like, quite a lot, but only in, like, tags. Um, so so the, um, they're both great. the reason I ask is because you put online about them being, like, uh, such an amazing tag team. What is it you think that makes them gel so well together in their act? I just think that they're actual friends. You know, like, they train together and they, you know, like, they're with each other all the time. So I think that it's not just a connection in wrestling, it's just a connection between the both of them. So I think that, and not even just the fact that they're both really also good at wrestling. You know, I just think that they're an act 
that isn't anywhere else in the UK. Not just their in-ring work, but how they are as people, which translates to how they are as wrestlers. I don't think there's anyone that's comparable to them. Then we have uh, No Fun Done. Oh, I love him. Love him's pieces. Um, so, I guess, like, the story of me being in anti-fun police was, again, another example of things just happening on the day. So, we were booked to do just a random throwaway six-man tag at IPW, and we were just a filler match for the NOAA tournament that was going on, because they were crowning their first junior heavyweight champ. Uh-huh. And they had a bunch of the Noah guys come over. So they had like Harada, uh, Yohei, Hayata, um, and a few others as well. And it was a one-night tournament, and we were just, you know, you have to fill a match with the tournaments so people can, you know, get ready for the next matches. And it's just nice to have a break, you know. And if I remember, it was me, Demo, and Rob Sharp against Miles Kerman. OJMO and David Starr. And um, we're ready and stuff. I've got my gear on. And then Demo comes over to me and just throws his tights at me. And just goes, no, you're wearing those today. And I was like, all right, Sam. Because uh, Santos wasn't there. Uh, I think he was injured at the time. And it was like a double header. It was like a midweek double. So we had the tournament on the Tuesday. And then it was like, it was like TV tapings on the Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to get changed take my gear off put Damo's gear on uh, and it was just I don't, it wasn't meant to go into anything it wasn't meant to go into me being an anti-fun police it wasn't you know it was just yeah we'll just have a laugh with this uh, so I wear his gear and then it just on the night just gets really over and like we get like the Cadet Nelson thing getting over and we actually work like pretty well as a team and then it was the day after Santos was still injured. So I tagged with Demo the day after. And I think we're going into like some sort of story with like Johnny Storm and his um, like faction in IQW. With like Ashley Dunn and stuff like that. So we mm-hmm. wrestled them the day after and it's me as anti-fun police again. And then so like that's how that kind of happened. It just went from us like having a laugh, being like, oh yeah, I'll just, you know, I'll wear your gear. I'll pretend to be a police officer for today. <laughs> It'll be funny. And it's, it's an amazing gimmick, isn't it? To, like, us doing actual tag stuff in other promotions. So yeah, that was great. Then we have uh, Will Cruz. Oh, Will's great, man. Like, Will's another guy that's doing a lot of things right. Like, he's at a lot of shows. Uh, he's always training. He's going to seminars. Like, he took himself to WXW to just train. So like, he spent a week in Germany. Like. I think that he's doing all the right things. Uh, he's so he's, funny as well. Yeah, oh, he's hilarious. I love him. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll ignore the fact that when the only time we wrestled, like, I hurt my shoulder really badly, but that wasn't his fault. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. You can say it. Forsake no, him. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was the first move of the match, and I landed really badly on my shoulder. Ended up spraining it. Couldn't lift it for a month and a half. Um, that's it. Joe Nelson said it himself. Will Cruz really is unsafe. Like, Don't nah, fuck him. No, no, that's not me burying him. I love Will. <laughs> I felt bad because how of how bad he felt. I was like, honestly, it's fine. Um, but he felt terrible, and that made me feel bad. Uh, but yeah, Will's great. Like, he's so kind. He's, he's such doing like right, you know. Yeah, he's just one of these guys that's such a monster on the shows. And then, like you say, backstage, you just kind of like, oh, my God, you're okay, right? Like, you know, all the time. Yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, Will's great, man. Then we have uh, Callum Newman. Oh, incredible. Callum is, in my opinion, and it's said by, like, so many other people, that he's, like, probably going to be, like, the next best high flyer in the country. I think. Not only because he's, like, he's one of Will's lads but just because of how good he genuinely is and how naturally athletic and good at wrestling he is. Um, the match that we had on like the last ever IPW show in December is still like one of my favourite matches to have, that I've had. He lives and breathes it as well. Like He has his own wrestling ring in his back garden. 
Yeah, he has a ring in his garden. I'm so jealous because it's crazy. I miss just having a wrestling ring to be in right now. I'm, yeah. I met him. Um, I I trained at uh at um Greg Burge's place in in London. Uh, and uh, oh, I met him. Right? Yeah, that's right. Um, and I, I met him there. And it, and he like you know just so kind as well like such a nice man and then it was like when I I then obviously uh, added him on Facebook and seen all of his social media stuff and I was like damn like you know because I hadn't really seen him because in the training I, I don't know if he was like nursing an injury or something but he wasn't really doing much but oh, then, he's like, when I, yeah <laughs> but then I saw him on online and I was like oh my god like. And then you just see him just randomly on his story. It'll be like 10 o'clock in the morning and he'll be there like flipping on his ring in the background. Yeah, he's crazy, man. Like, I think like the biggest or one of the biggest like compliments to get as a wrestler is people wanting to wrestle you because of how good that they make you look. Callum mm-hmm. is that. Like, he's an incredible base. He can take any move in the world. Um, and he's just... All round, like, one of the best for, like, the cruiser style, in my opinion. And he's one of my favorite people to wrestle. Then we have uh, Miles Kamen. Oh, Miles is the man. Like, he's, there, there's another example of someone who's doing everything right. And not only because, like, he's one of my best friends. Um, he's just helping. He's always willing to drive people around. He's, you know, he's, like... On the camps, he does the butling shows, um, gets in with like good people, and like when he's at shows, he makes the most of it. Like you'll often see people who are like maybe new to a promotion going to help out, kind of stay quiet, which is obviously completely understandable. Uh, but Miles is always someone that's left a good lasting impression on wherever he's been. So like he drove me to like uh, a couple of the tattoo shows, and now people like there know him. I remember, like, Chris Roberts came over and was like, oh, yeah, I know you are. Like, you're good. So, like, he makes right impressions and does everything right. Uh, and I'm very excited for him to, like... I think he's going to be, like, one of the next breakouts of the younger guys. Um, and I think I'm just excited for that to happen for him. Because he deserves it. Then we have Nick Aldis. Yeah, I, I mean, I have no real opinion on Nick. Like, I've met him once, really. Um, he's good at wrestling and he's a great promo I've seen some of his promos at NWA and they're really good uh, but I've only really met him once so there's not really like a opinion I can have unless, apart from he's good at wrestling <laughs> uh, alright just two more then so Lucas Steele oh Steele's great I think he's really good um, he's another one that's like just all of a sudden starting to break out uh when I saw him in All Japan, when he debuted in, on New Year's, that was great. Uh, and I think that the All Japan style is so suited for him, just because of how he looks and how he wrestles. Uh, and he's also just a really nice guy. Like, he was in the match that I had with Cruz. It was me and uh, Demo, who's on his front police, against Lucas and Nathan. And he was just good to wrestle with, you know? I enjoyed wrestling him. He's, uh, he's one of these guys as well that, like... Sometimes you just can't you, you you can't help but be jealous for these guys that just seem to freaking have it. Like he just do you know what I mean? Like he just when if you think of a wrestling like X Factor, he'd be the guy, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I think as well. Like I was told, like he used to train like years ago, and then just stopped and came back and was just in ridiculously good shape and really good again. And I was like, man, that's so cool because like that's just evidence of like something coming natural to someone. Uh huh, and it's so it's so it's it's kind of um inspiring for us small guys to see that you know he was like that too. <laughs> now he's just so small. <laughs> oh, he's yeah, it's ridiculous. He looks, he's got like the classic wrestler look, which I think is something that isn't uh, really a thing anymore, but it's still great to have. You know, like the long hair, jacked as shit. Um, oh yeah, he looks like a young Triple H. Yeah, of course, because I think like the style of like traditional like like eighties wrestling is kind of gone nowadays. But it's still great to have people that can be like that. Well, I but, think if like you know, was it being gone? Like that's gonna then come back as like a uh, 
you know, a bit of a niche. So I think it's good that it's it's yeah, not man. really because maybe a couple big of years ago, good, you know, like uh-huh. big, big lads wrestling is something that's so different on shows now. Um, and I think that he fits that cat cat that words that category really well. And then one last one we got. Uh, you've spoken a lot about him already, uh, but Chris Brooks. Oh man, like. Chris is one of the most helpful people in British wrestling. Like, if it wasn't for Chris, I wouldn't have been on Fight Club, bro. Um, and I wouldn't have had the exposure on shows like Cheers and I Grapsy and Schadenfreude that I've had. Like, Chris absolutely does not need to help the amount of people that he has helped. Like, the Schadenfreude roster have all benefited so much just from Chris. Like, Myself, Gene Money, Aaliyah James, Mambo, Michelangelo, like, the list, Mad Kurt, the list goes on for so long with the amount of people that he's given exposure to when he really didn't have to. Uh, yeah, Chris is great, and he's just really good. Well, thank you very much, Joe. That that wraps up uh, what we've done today. Uh, before we go, have you got anything that you'd like to say to the listeners? Uh, you know, these guys will be fans that have seen you on shows. Is there anything that you'd like to say to them before we go? I guess, like, with the times that we're currently in, it sucks. But um, it will all be... I'm not going to say it's going to get back to normal because it probably won't. But I'm going to say that it will get better. And I'm just excited to see everybody again. Because wrestling is a genuine community. And I think that without that community, there is like a gap and a void in a lot of people's lives right now. Uh, and I just, I'm looking forward to that to, you know, come back. So I'm excited to see everyone again. Me too, man. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for, for today, Joe. Uh, I really hope oh, you stay safe. Fun. Uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Uh, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks, man. And that was my interview with Joe Nelson. Thank you all so much for listening. It means so much to me that you guys keep giving me this love and support. Uh, it really kind of keeps me busy during this tough, tough, tough time. Uh, once again, I hope you all stay safe. Can't wait to see you soon, just like everyone on the British independent circuit. I can't wait to just get cracking again and, and really, really come to start to really fire up get the shows back on the road it's going to be so exciting once all this is done so there is light at the end of the tunnel everybody so just stay positive let's keep spreading love empathy kindness let's really just be there for each other in this awful 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 time just try and stay positive all right so once again uh you can find me on twitter instagram all social medias at reese ryan brand also check out reeseryanbrand.com and all of the uh, ones, all the guys that I mentioned earlier on in the podcast as well. All right, okay, so thank you so much. Until next week, I've been Reese Ryan, and this was the VIP Lounge. Peace. <laughs>